Alright, I, I need some help. I didn't start out the last message like this. Y'all, the, the, the last service just left me up here by myself. I love them. Now, they got into it by the end. It was good, but, but, but man, the first 10 minutes, I thought the anointing of God had left my life. So I'm going to need an amen, a come on, shut the corn, shell the peas, preach it, bring it. You can do better than that. I'm going to need a little. So I'm just asking, can I get some help today from the, from, I just, it's good. Let's see if that plays out. Anyway, hey, uh, I'm, get, I'm going, getting ready to go on vacation, going to the beach in a few weeks. And um, somebody asked me, you excited about the, the, the food? And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, so you love crab legs. Now, just a quick survey. You make crab legs? Anybody crab legs? Crab, yeah, uh-uh. <laughs> when I go to a restaurant, they need to do the work and bring me the food. <laughs> crab legs, you do the work. I remember I went to a buffet one time that had crab legs, and it sounded like people breaking all over. They're like, <laughs> and I'm just sitting there eating my fried shrimp. Happy. Crab legs, too much work. I feel the same way about chicken wings. Now, you, you could love chicken wings. Cole, our youth pastor, loves chicken wings. I, I, you could, but it's too much work. Chicken fingers, I'm in. Chicken wings, I don't know. So the reason I say that is because um, several years ago, I had a group of friends invite me to go eat chicken wings. And I'm not like your chicken wing guy, but I kind of wanted to hang out with them. And they, they told me there was other stuff on the menu. So it went somewhere over in Clemson. I don't even know where it was. We, we, I don't even think it exists anymore. And we just... Sat down, we're getting ready to eat some chicken wings. They were. I, I ate something else. But the reason I'm say, telling you this is because out of the corner of my eye, because I love to people watch, I'm watching this table next to me, and there's like eight or nine people sitting around the table, and I got my eye on this one guy. His name was Danny. I'm going to tell you how I knew this in just a second. This guy, like the whole table's talking, and this guy was spaced out. He's staring straight at the wall. He's got his hands like this. And I'm, so I'm like fascinated. And the waitress is over there and she's taking their order. I don't know if you've ever like waited on tables. I've waited on tables before where you're trying to get people just to communicate. Hey, excuse me, sir, what would you like? What would you like? Yes, uh, yes, I can get that rant, got that. And this guy's just. (laughs) Within like 30 seconds after I saw him, he literally falls out on the ground. So I automatically looked to see what he was drinking because I, I just, and it was water. It was water or it could have been vodka. I don't know because vodka doesn't have a smell. I don't know. I just, somebody told me that. So, so, so it was water because I was like, maybe he's hammered at lunch. And I know people that get hammered at lunch, and, but he's on the ground. And all of his friends at the table, this is what they did. Danny, you okay? <laughs> Danny. And I'm going, he's on the ground, <laughs> laid out in a wing place. And, and then he starts convulsing. And all the friends are like, Danny, the waitress, unbelievable. She literally puts her like little tray down, comes around, gets down on the ground, scoops his head up, yells to the, whoever the guy was in the kitchen, call 911. She does all the CPR stuff and literally keeps him alive until the medics can get there. I've never forgotten that. I've never forgotten that because, listen, that wasn't on her job description. Take orders, clean the table, save Danny's life. That, that was not on the job description. But, but it blew my mind, and I've never forgotten. Here's why. She went out of her way 
to do something that was not on her job description, and because she was willing to do more than just sit at the table and say, Danny, you okay? Danny, you should get some help. Danny, you should get that checked out. Instead of doing all that, she literally served in a way that she wasn't required to serve, but because she did that, it changed Danny's life. Now, the reason I bring all that up today is just to tell the people who are in this room or who, who are watching online, but you're normally here, but you're on vacation, but, but you're watching online for some reason, that, you know, later on, I had somebody text me and they say, hey, I'm in Riviera Maya and I'm gonna get a massage tomorrow and watch the church. I'm like, dear God, that's awesome. <laughs> but secretly in my mind, I was hoping that their massage got canceled. Anyway, so <laughs> the, reason I'm, the reason I'm saying all that, the reason, the reason I say all that is to tell the people in this church who serve every week, thank you. I want, you to, I want you to hear it from me. I want you to hear thank you. Because what you do makes a difference. You're, you're like that waitress in the restaurant that day. You go above and beyond every single week. And people, when they talk to me about our church, they, hear, they say, I hear your church is growing. I hear your church is doing good. You must be doing some good preaching. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know about the preaching. I, but, but let me tell you about our volunteers. They are amazing. In fact, if I don't show up on a Sunday, you guys are gonna be fine. If our volunteers don't show up on a Sunday, we're screwed. And the reason, I'm, the reason I'm saying all this, and this is where I'm gonna go, and I'm gonna say this so many times that when you leave, you're gonna think, Pastor P is getting old because he's repeating himself, but I want you to know I'm repeating myself on purpose. The reason I'm saying all this is because I wanna show you this one main point that I'm gonna show you three stories in the scripture out of the gospel of John where this point is, where it just proves the point, and at the end of the day, at the end of the message, I'm gonna say thank you again. The reason I'm saying all this and the reason I'm excited about where we are as a church, and the reason I'm excited about our future as a church is because of the way our people serve, and the reason I'm excited about the way our people serve is this, the miracle always begins with the servants. Amen. Thank you so much. Oh, my. See, I told y'all. Y'all were spacing out on me. I was like, okay. Like snap. The miracle always begins with the servants. It, it, it's the people who are willing to do what that waitress did that day. See, there are people in this room. You think when you, you've been driving to church before thinking, does what I do make a difference? Because I show people where to sit or I hold a baby or I change a diaper. And you think, does, does what I do matters? And this is an absolute 100% yes. It matters because miracles start with the servants. Now, I'm gonna show you this in scripture, and the reason I'm excited about it is because I've never seen this before. I've taught on these passages. In fact, I've taught on all these passages in this church, but today we're gonna look at them through a different lens. The first one is um, the miracle that has the Baptist so upset. It's the one where Jesus turned the water into wine. The Baptists are still mad about that. They're still saying, it wasn't real wine. <laughs> it's just, okay. So Jesus, it, it, Jesus shows up to the party and it, it was a wedding. Now I'm gonna be honest with y'all. 
Up until recently, I just didn't enjoy going to weddings. And let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. They were awful. Weddings 10, 15, 20 years. Thank you. They were awful. You would, you would, I went to one wedding. I went to one wedding. There were seven songs in the wedding. I turned to the people with me. I was like, I didn't sign up to come to a concert. And, and then they always play the one song where the couple looks at each other. And it's, it's just awkward. It's just awkward. You're just sitting there in awkwardness, right? And then the one that bothers me is when they always sing the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, ruined it. The mother of the bride usually hadn't figured out that it's not her wedding. Hello? Yeah. Now, recently, weddings have gotten better. You know why? Because there's like a five-minute ceremony and everybody's on the dance floor and it's good. But back in the day, I'm talking about back in Jesus' day, if you got invited to a wedding, it was legit because it was like a week-long festival celebration. They shut down work. In fact, if you read through the Old Testament, God commands the Israelites on seven occasions, shut down everything for a week and celebrate. Now I'm like, that's the God I want to follow who said seven times a year, we going to party. We going to celebrate. We going to celebrate. So, so a wedding was a celebration. So Jesus gets invited to the wedding. And then many of you know the story. They ran out of wine, which is a problem because back like today, if you're at a party and you run out of wine, you just find either the person's had the least to drink or the person's not drinking and send them to Publix and just get them to clear out the wine aisle, right? But they didn't have Publix back in the day. So this was a problem. And the reason it was a problem is because if you ran out of wine during the days of Jesus, this was an event that would shame your family for years to come. Now, when I say shame, Everybody in the room can relate because we all deal with shame. Shame and guilt are different. Guilt says, this is what you did. Shame says, this is who you are. And it's, it's tough to shake shame, isn't it? And so all of a sudden, Jesus walks into this party and it's going great until the wine runs out, symbolic of the Holy Spirit, by the way. And there's serious shame. I'm, the reason it got tense, the reason it's tense right now, there's some people in this room dealing with shame over something that happened in your past. But if it happened in your past, you just need to understand the forgiveness of God is a very real thing. Now, let me, let me do one thing before I move on. There's a difference between shaming some. There's a difference between shame and conviction. Because I've been accused of shaming people before, and I never want to shame people, and I'm, maybe I have, and if I did, it wasn't on purpose. But understand, like, for example, if you have struggled with drinking too much alcohol in your past, there's some shame associated with that. I've, I got that. And when I talk about that, but, but listen, 
Today, I walk in freedom. There are many people today, you walk in freedom from what you used to be. You used to be addicted or you used to be something else. You walk in freedom. That, that, that's shame. Conviction has to deal with what you're doing right now. So if you used to like abuse alcohol and that gets brought up and you feel shame, you can say, hey, get thee behind me, Satan. But if you like got hammered every day last week and I'm bringing it up right now, don't tell me I'm shaming you because I'm not. That's the Holy Spirit convicting you because I don't know you or what you did last week. Okay? We good? <laughs> so, so, so Mary obviously knows the people at the party and she talks to Jesus about it. And then watch this. Watch this. This is great. But his mother, this is Jesus' mother, told the servants. Huh. The servants. What were their names? We don't know. How many were there? No idea. What was their age? What was their race? What was their economic status? Don't have a clue. We just know that there was a group of servants there. And then she gives the best advice ever. Do whatever he tells you. And they're like, all right, well, we ain't got another option. Watch this. Standing nearby were six stone water jars used for Jewish ceremonial washing. Each could hold 20 to 30 gallons. Now, I love this, because simple math, six times 20 to 30 is somewhere between 150 and 180 gallons of water. Could, can we agree that's a lot of water? Can we agree that's a lot of wine? Mm-hmm. So, so th there was water. Watch this. Jesus told the servants. Jesus told the who? Let me ask you a question. Could Jesus have done it without the servants? Absolutely. He's Jesus. He can do anything. But Jesus chooses to work through people. So he told the servants, fill the jars with water. Pause. Do you think that they all looked at each other and said, oh, I've read this story in my quiet time last week. I know what he's getting ready to do. No, they, they had no idea. They probably looked at each other and said, that don't make sense. We're not out of water. We're out of wine. And do you think it took some time to get 150 to 180 gallons of water? Because today, can you imagine just going home, taking a gallon jug putting it under the faucet and filling it up, 150 to 100. Would that take you a little time? Yeah, that would take some time. They didn't have a faucet, or if you're in the South, a spigot. Thank you very much. They didn't have a faucet or a spigot or a hose pipe. They didn't have anything like that. They were getting it from the well, so it took some time. Do you think they maybe wondered the entire time they were doing it, is this even gonna make a difference? Does this even matter? Just like some people, maybe you've been driving to church on a Sunday morning going, does what I do even make a difference? Does it even matter? I get that. I've wrestled with the very same thing. 
Here's what's crazy. Even though they didn't understand what Jesus was asking them to do, even though on the surface it didn't make sense, they were like, well, we don't have another alternative. So what? So, so fill the jars with water. When the jars had been filled, this took a little time because Jesus typically works through a process. He said, now dip some out and take it to the master of the ceremonies. Once again, they're like, all right, but it's water. But by the time they got it to the master of the ceremonies, it was wine. It's almost, it's almost like when, the, when they ran out of wine, the theme song for the party was... But then after Jesus got involved, it went to. Go shawty, it's your birthday. Okay, so way, way too many of y'all knew that song. Way too many of y'all. There's a guy back here that raised his hands like in worship. That is okay, that's okay. I know my people, I know my people, I know my people. Jesus. Jesus turned a situation that should have been full of shame into celebration. A situation that was going to cause shame. Jesus got involved and through the servants, he changed the situation from shame to celebration. And for those of you in this room, that serve every single week, that's exactly what Jesus is using you to do. Creating an environment where people can walk in and if they walk in with shame, they can walk out with celebration knowing that because of Jesus and all the work that he's done, sin has been paid for and the shackles of shame don't hold us any longer because of who the Savior is in our lives. So for those of you for those of you that show up every week and you do what you do, thank you. Because the miracle always starts with the servants. Second story, it's a story found in John 11 about a guy named Lazarus. John 11 tells us he's sick. Mary and Martha send word to Jesus. The one you love is sick. Jesus stands up and says, this sickness will not end in death. And everybody's like, yeah! And he sits back down. So you pass salt, pass salt. Yeah, thank you so much. It just didn't move. Now I got a question. How many of you know somebody? Always late. They're just always late. It don't matter? It don't matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many of you are sitting next to that person? That's okay, yeah. It don't matter. You tell them we're going to leave at 5.30. Some of y'all even try the thing where you back the time up and they, they, they figure that out. And that's why I love it when people talk, always talk about how God's on time. God, there's an old Southern gospel song. He's an on-time God. No, he's not. Not on our time. He's on his time. 
we could sing about that, but like, hasn't there been times where you've been like, hey, it would be an incredible time for a miracle. I'm still single, God. I'm still single. I'm still married, God. I'm so like, I don't know what your prayer is, okay? I don't know. Wow, that got personal. That got serious. <laughs> but they, they sent word to Jesus, and we know what that's like to pray to Jesus, and it, he doesn't move. He, he said something, like sickness will not end death, and doesn't move. And then Lazarus dies. And when you see something happen like that, you're obviously gonna doubt God's word. And then Jesus rolls into town after Lazarus has been in the tomb for four days. Not only did he miss the funeral, he missed the after funeral where everybody brings the casserole, southern Israel. Everybody brings the casserole and everybody's just kind of gathered around. And this is, this is kind of awkward. So when he rolls into town, he has some interactions with Mary and Martha. And the Bible says, um, the Bible says, where have you, let me go back. Where have you put him? He asked them. They told him, Lord, come and see. Watch this. Th then Jesus wept. Let me pause. I just, I just gotta do this real quick because it bothers me. I've heard preachers say, Jesus cried at funerals, and because Jesus cried at funerals, it's okay for you to cry at a funeral. Jesus didn't cry at a funeral. He missed the funeral. And Jesus was not crying because he was sad. Why would he be sad when he's about to bring the guy back to life? Jesus was crying because he was mad. Do you know why he was mad? I'll tell you another time. It'll be another message, but I'm, he was mad. Now, some of y'all are like, he, Jesus wasn't mad. Stay with me, stay with me, stay with me. The people who were standing nearby said, see how much he loved him. There's always some compassionate people in the crowd, aren't there? Like, we got some compassionate people here today. You're here, you're online, you're just full of compassion. You're a sympathetic crier. Somebody else starts crying, you're gonna cry. You don't know why you're crying. You're just crying because they're crying. You're sympathetic. But then, but then, but then there's these people in the, and, and they're in every crowd. But some said, this man healed a blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? I mean, talk about kick a man when he's down. So watch this. Watch this. This is crazy. Jesus was still, oh, I was right. See, some of y'all are upset. Y'all are like, he cried because he was sad. No, he was angry. He wasn't like, <laughs> he was like, boy, you get right back here right now. I'll beat your butt. <laughs> like we did in middle school when we got mad at somebody. He was still angry. He's right at the tube. A cave with a stone rolled across its entrance. Watch this. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. Roll, hold on. Roll, roll the stone aside, Jesus told who? Who are them? The servants. We don't know how many there were. We don't know how old they were. We don't, we don't even know how godly they were. They just were there. And Jesus told them, roll the stone aside, which seemed a little bit selfish. Would you agree? I'm, would you agree? 
you know, some of you are like, uh, okay, let's say, let's say I missed the funeral of somebody that you loved. I showed up, we went to the gravesite, and I said, and it was four days later, I said, dig up the body. <laughs> None of y'all would be like, man, that's my pastor right there. I love that. That's faith. You know, like he's lost his freaking mind. Everything about him on Google is true. In fact, I'm going to add another one. <laughs> but Martha, the dead man's sister, protested. It was a mostly peaceful protest. <laughs> I don't think y'all ready for next week. I really don't. I don't think y'all ready for it. Lord, he has been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. Now, first of all, I love it when people say the closer you are to Jesus, the more likely you are to obey him immediately. Martha was closer to Jesus than any of us. Jesus stayed at her house. When Jesus came in, he didn't go, he didn't like do an Airbnb. He stayed at Mary and Martha's house. That's tight. But all of a sudden, Jesus is showing up and he's asking the servants to do something that doesn't make sense. Can, can we agree with that? For those that haven't read the story, it, didn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't make sense. The servants are like, I mean, we'll do it, but we don't understand why we're doing it because she ain't lying, Jesus. The, the, the smell. Now, smell. Smell is powerful. Like, if I, if I see somebody get sick, I'm all right. Really, I got to... I, I, if I hear it, I'm all right. If I smell it. <laughs> in fact, Shannon and I, Shannon and my wife, we got in a discussion the other night. She got upset because she walked into the bathroom. And I had been there. And I had left, but my presence had not. And somebody gave her some poopery, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> and she was like, baby, you didn't spray the poopery. And I said, baby, it don't work. She said, it does too. I said, no, it don't. It smells like I crapped a bowl of cinnamon. That's what it smells like. And you can't, you can't mesh those smells together. I mean, they're spraying it, trying to make her happy, but smell. Can, can you imagine the smell of a dead body that had been out, not refrigerated outside for four days in the Middle Eastern sun? This is the, 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 what he's asking the servants to do don't make sense. And some of us in this room have felt that way. These don't make sense. I'm cleaning up a bathroom or I'm, I'm, playing with a kid or I'm changing a diaper or I'm, I'm directing traffic. I just, this, does, does this really make a difference? But the miracle always starts with the servants. Jesus responded, I love this, this is sassy Jesus. Didn't I tell you? Didn't I tell you? Hand on the hip. Didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? Watch this. So, that... They, say it with me on three, one, two, three. They. Who are they? Servants. servants. It was the servants. So they rolled the stone aside. 
Now, stay with me. Stay with me. Because we read the Bible, and some of us have read this story so many times, we're, we're so familiar with it. But imagine for a second, you're in the crowd that day. You have not read John 11. You don't know that much about Jesus. He's just asked for something super weird to happen. And then all of a sudden, Jesus, the Bible says, then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. If you're in the crowd, you're going, he's talking to the sky. <laughs> Nobody in the room at that point concludes, he's obviously the son of God. You're thinking, he's lost his freaking mind. We roll the stone away, smells out, he's talking to the sky. What's he gonna say to the sky? I don't know, he called the sky father. Thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. But I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here. And he probably paused and looked back at the people. And they were like, oh. <laughs> so that they will believe you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. I, I try always point out the punctuation. Notice the exclamation point. Jesus was emphatic. Lazarus. And everybody there that day, even the servants probably went, I mean, thank you. This is insane. Until, and the dead man came out. It was kind of like, <laughs> you know, oh, snap. <laughs> I've heard it said before, and I always try to say it. I, I, the reason Jesus didn't just say, come out, the reason he said, Lazarus, come out, is because if he'd have said, come out, all the dead people would have came out. Like, I'll, then you got the Michael Jackson thriller video going on. And so it's, it's insane. <laughs> Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out. His hands and feet bound in grave clothes. And this was a re religious tradition. They would, and, and that makes sense. When somebody dies, they would kind of wrap them up in a way. And it was like, a, it was a religious ceremony, right? And so, his face wrapped in a headcloth, so Lazarus can't even see where he's going. He's kind of bumping into things and bumping into people, and it's awkward. And then, the, then John tells us, Jesus told them. Who's them? Servants. Unwrap him and let him go. I love it. In other words, take off of him what religion put on him to identify him as dead. There's some people in this room that somebody religious called you dead. And you might have been. But the thing I love about Jesus is Jesus does not make bad people become good people. He makes dead people become alive people. And the reason, the reason I wanna say thank you to those of you that serve each and every week is because you, God uses you to create an environment where dead people can come to life. Since we've started Second Chance Church, we have seen 2,290 people give their lives to Christ. And we've seen people that the world, can, can we agree that the world had given up on Lazarus, yes or no? Isn't it, isn't it great that when the world gives up on you, Jesus doesn't? And he used the 
servants to set up the environment. Last but not least, the greatest miracle in the Bible, hands down, is the resurrection. I won't even argue about it. There's no, if, if there's no resurrection, we honestly have no Bible because there's no story to write about. Without the resurrection, there's no reason for us to be here. I mean, the resurrection, when Jesus like predicted his own death and then pulled it off, that's, I'm following that guy. He's my savior. Yes, he is. But, it, but the process started the, 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 when he got arrested and then beaten and then crucified and then buried and rose again. The, the process didn't start with the arrest. It started somewhere else. In fact, they, they were gathered together at what some people call the Last Supper, which wasn't the Last Supper, it's the Lord's Supper, but it's, anyway, it's, it's just semantics, and I just keep going. So they got together, and, and back in the day, back in Jesus' day, when you went to a uh, supper like this, the, the servant, the lowest servant, would wash the feet. Now, can, let's just all agree on something. Let's just all agree on something right now. You don't even have to be a Christian. Feet are nasty. I know my feet are nasty. I got the ugliest toes in the world. In fact, when Shannon and I first started dating, I, would, I always wore socks when she came over, always wore socks. Let me clarify, I wore more than socks. That would be weird. I'm sorry for that mental image that some of you have now, but I would wear socks with the rest of my clothes. And then one day, one, and my toe, the reason my toes are nasty is because I run all the time and my toenails just fall off. Yeah, 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 it's gross, right? And she came over one day and I forgot to put on socks and I was sitting on the back porch and I saw, I saw her see my toes and I was like, it's over, it's done. And she looked at me and smiled and she said, bless your heart. I knew we were going to make it. After that, I told you all before, after that event and then after I farted in front of her the first time and she laughed. And you know what it's like. You know, I was laughing real hard and I was like, <laughs> and she laughed too. I was like, that's my girl because she didn't leave. So, so feet are not, and some, I've had people tell me, why don't you go get one of them pedicures? First of all, I'm a man. <laughs> Second of all, I know they're talking about me. Third of all, I don't know what they're saying, and Google Translate can't keep up. I'm like, my phone's on fire. So, no, I'm not going to get a pedicure. Feet are nasty. Now, now imagine feet 2,000 years ago. They didn't have sandals. They didn't have Crocs. And if they would have had them, Jesus wouldn't have worn them because that's a bad fashion statement, all right? Anyway, so... They didn't, they didn't have anything to, so, so the feet were nasty and messy and gross and all the disciples were sitting there trying to figure out, well, somebody's got to wash these feet. And it was the lowest servant. And, and Peter was like, well, I'm not the lowest servant because I got to go with him. Man, me, James, John, we're good. And Andrew's sitting there like, well, I'm, I introduced you to Jesus, so I guess I'm good. Thomas, what do you think? He's like, I doubt anybody's going to wash the feet. I mean, it's just, they're kind of, but watch what happens. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from God and would return to God. Jesus was secure. 
cause. Only secure people can serve. People that want attention, they always fade out. But secure people, well, they'll do whatever it takes. You know why? Because they're trying to become like Jesus. Watch this, watch this. Don't miss this because this is strong. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist. And at this point, all the apostles are going, what is he doing? There's no way. There's no way. And he poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. And this event would lead to his arrest, his crucifixion, his burial, and his resurrection. But don't miss this. The miracle started with the servant. You want to become like Jesus? Start serving people. Hey, you don't even have to be in this church. You want to become like Jesus? Become a servant. This story right here always blows my mind. And for those of you that volunteer in this church, I just want to say thank you. Because when Jesus washed feet, can we all agree he was literally touching the messiest part of the disciples' life? Yes or no? Because you serve. You've created an environment where people can bring the messiest parts of their lives in this place and not stay messy, but meet Jesus and in his time move from where they are to where they need to be. That's the miracle. I want, I want, I want a messy church. I want, because see, the, a lot of times people won't walk into church because they're like, I can't be real in there. I can't be real. And we always say it, if you can't get real, then you can't get healed. And, and in an AA meeting, you, you are told, come back every week. No matter if you messed up, no matter if you fell off the wagon, come back every week. We're going to encourage you. We're going to challenge you. But in church, if you messed up, ah, get your life together. I want people to be able to bring the messiest parts of their lives in this place. And G listen, Jesus didn't let the feet stay messy, and he won't let us stay messy either. He will clean us up from the inside out in his time because that's who he is, and that's what he does. Pastor P, what are you trying to say? I'm trying to say that the miracle always begins with the servant. And the reason that we're seeing miracles happen in this place is so many of you have stepped up and served. And let me, let me, let me do this and I'm done. Let me tell you why this is a big deal to me. Six years ago today, I was by myself in a hotel in Charlotte, North Carolina. My life was completely falling to pieces. And I thought at that time, there's 
no way it could get worse. And I was wrong. The next year or two would be implosion after implosion after implosion. And I thought I would never do ministry again. I wasn't exactly sure if I even had a future. But here I am six years later. And let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I'm talking to the people that serve. God is using you to heal me. God is using you. And what you do to bring healing to me. And if he's doing that in me, I know he's doing that in the room. So for those of you that serve, thank you. Because of what you do, you're taking away the environment of shame and creating a celebration. You're you're taking away, you're rolling stones away so dead people can come back to life. And you're washing feet so people can walk in as messy as they've ever been, but walk out with a change beginning in them that he will carry on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. I'm so thankful for Jesus. I'm so thankful for what he's done. I'm so thankful for what he's doing. And I'm so thankful for the future of this church. I believe God's gonna use this church to change this community, region, state, nation, and world. And it's not gonna be because of amazing preaching, but because of servants willing to get some water, roll back some stones, and wash some feet and see Jesus do incredible miracles. So Jesus, right now, in your name, I just wanna thank you. God, I wanna thank you for the healing that you have done in this church. Jesus, I wanna thank you for the healing that you're going to do. Father, I wanna pray for those in the room today, God, that, that showed up needing a miracle, showed up needing a stone rolled away or a shame taken off of their shoulders or God I, I, I want to pray right now and just ask that you would do a miracle and you would remind us God that by the power of your Holy Spirit in us we can rise above everything this world throws at us you are greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world thank you Jesus that in you is life in you is hope in you is peace in you is abundance in you, Jesus, there is immeasurably more. My head's bowed and eyes closed right now. If Jesus has done a work in your life, if he's doing a work in your life, then take where you stand right now and just use it as an altar to say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for changing me. Thank you, Jesus, for rolling this stone away. Thank you, Jesus, for touching the messiest part of my life and making me in to a brand new person and maybe you're here today and you've never prayed to receive Christ you never asked Jesus into your life and you know that today is your day you need to ask Christ in your life today 
If that's you, then right where you stand right now, I want you to pray with me right where you stand and say, Jesus Christ, just say this in your heart. Just say, Jesus Christ, I know that I'm a sinner and I need your forgiveness. I believe you died on the cross and you rose from the grave to pay for my sins. And right now, Jesus, I receive you into my life. Come in and take over. You can have it all in Jesus' name. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if you just prayed that prayer, if you just asked Christ into your life, I want you to do me a favor and shoot your hand straight up in the air. Put it straight up in the air. Hold your hand straight. Amen. 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 Because I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. I want to pray. Hold it straight up in the air. Hands in the air. Hands in the Father. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Hands are still going up. Thank you, Jesus, for the lives that you changed. Thank you, Lord, for the people that you are saving. Thank you, Lord. For the, for the hope and the restoration you have given us. And thank you, Jesus, for every single person in this place that serves. God, you are using servants to bring about miracles. We love you. We thank you for this. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody that agreed said amen. Hey, if you're interested in serving, there's a table in the back. For the rest of y'all, we'll see y'all back next Sunday. God bless. Have a great week.